Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Uh, It's going pretty good. I know this has been a big week for you. It's like Super Bowl week for you. SCOTUS hearings. Yeah, well, so I I am one who watches SCOTUS hearings and uh, have done so since 1991 when I was in the 10th grade. I think I told you the other day um, I was actually... Uh, on the way to a football game as a 10th grader, making my parents turn on the Clarence Thomas hearings on the radio. You're such a nerd. Because that's just the kind of... Uh, nerd you are. ...person I was and still am. So I do always watch them, um, regardless of nominee, and, and find it find the process very interesting. I have visited the Supreme Court and um, watched some arguments and... Um, uh, of a case I knew really well, so it was just very, uh, very fascinating. This has been obviously a very difficult one, so um, I'll just, I'll just say it's been a, um, it's it's been a strange one to watch. I think everyone can say that, and just kind of sad all around. Yeah, this has been one of the uh, more heated Supreme Court confirmation hearing seasons that we've seen yeah so and, and we're recording this on a thursday afternoon um kavanaugh just i think finished earlier and uh we'll see right. you know what happens on that you know we, we have no idea where that's going to go with uh, in the next couple of days with the the vote and everything so you know that that's been kind of had the attention of the nation so to speak sure has uh, but, yes. but we we do have some uh, southern baptist news some big news from certain corners of the sbc this week we'll jump into that before that though we want to thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast the southern baptist theological seminary located in louisville kentucky they are committed to training future pastors missionaries and gospel leaders you can learn more about undergraduate graduate and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.ed you. All right, let's jump into it, Amy. We kind of talked about this a uh, few weeks ago with the announcement that David Platt would be leaving the International Mission Board on September 27th, which is the day we are recording this. Uh, that would be his final day as president. They have also appointed 66 missionaries this week, uh, including a couple from City Church down in uh, Tallahassee. Our good friends Dean and Sarah and a couple of staff members from there uh, went up to Richmond for the appointment service, uh, but they also approved Clyde Metter as we had mentioned, as the interim president of the International Mission Board. Yeah, I saw um, a tweet from uh, Gordon Fort with a picture of him, uh, of Claude Metter, just kind of giving a report of some kind or maybe just speaking uh, to the group. So he's uh, jumping back into the position that he has held before. The IMB released their news, their uh, their report, right after they adjourned. Uh, has some great photos in there just of... Uh, the trustees praying over uh, David Platt, as well as Claude Metter, you know, talking to one of the tr- one of the new trustees. So a lot. It was a big week for them. Yes, and uh, one of the quotes I loved from Clyde is that while the president may be interim, nothing else about IMB is interim. No one has pushed the pause button for IMB. Our vision is unchanged as we move forward. That's a a good reminder from the interim president of the International Mission Board. A few other things that they mentioned, Amy, uh, budget set for the next year at $264.4 million. That includes $97.8 million from CP receipts and $154 million from the Lottie Moon offering uh, projected for next year. Also uh, maintains contingency reserves at an appropriate level, which uh, that means they have about five and a half months 
of cash in reserves excludes property sales from budget receipts or expenses. That, that's something that's uh, been of note in the past a few years at IMB and also spends 100% of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering receipts on the mission field and presents a balanced budget. So a uh, balanced budget presented to the trustees and approved for next year at the International Mission Board. Very good. And, uh, you know, what you mentioned, um, nothing else about the IMB is interim, that the vision is moving forward. We have a special episode uh, that we're going to get to drop sometime in the near future where we talk to uh, some missionaries on the field. I actually got to conduct that interview and it uh, just shows like we, we weren't even talking about the high level things. We were talking about their work, where it is and uh, nothing. No one is pausing in uh, the work on the ground. Yes, their work is continuing on. Look for that episode, I believe, on October the 8th. We're going to release that, uh, so about a week and a half, and uh, that'll be uh, a great little interview Amy conducted. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week on uh, next Friday's episode as we prepare for that special release on October 8th. Over to Southwestern, Amy, Craig Blazing is going to step down as the Executive Vice President and Provost effective October 1st. Yeah, so that's uh, Monday. So some people may not even, you know, by the time folks are listening to this, if if they listen at a different part in the week, that may have already passed. Uh, so he will continue as professor of theology and the Jesse Henley chair of biblical theology. Uh, but there will be an interim provost, George Klein, interim chief academic officer um, of Southwestern Seminary. So Dr. Blazing has served as executive vice president and provost since 2002. That's 17 years of administrative service uh, at the seminary. He um, oversaw the creation of their college as well as um, their flex delivery system for the PhD program, uh, smart classroom technology being implemented, as well as Mandarin, Spanish, and Korean language courses to train, be able to train pastors in their primary languages. He's done a ton at Southwestern in, in all of that time, and so uh, incredible legacy. He is truly an academic, um, uh, and so I, I know, you know, what he said is that although for many years the Lord led him to fill administrative responsibilities, uh, the Lord's now leading him to focus on contributions to the academy. And this really is in line with the um, Craig Blazing that I know. I, I can't remember if I've said this on here before, but he was my, I, I call him my very first uh, boss as a grown up. Like when I got married um, and moved to Louisville, uh, the first year that that I was there, uh, he was my boss. I worked for him and he was just wonderful. I loved working for him. Um and truly, when he even went into this position, I remember thinking uh, what, how difficult that would be for him to not be in the academic world uh, primarily, getting to research uh, in his field. So I know uh, that's always been a pull for him. And so he served Southwestern faithfully for 17 years, uh, but now he will continue to serve uh, by contributing in scholarship. We got some news from NAM and the Revitalized Network. We talked about the launch of the Revitalized Network, I believe, last week, uh, that that is uh, Dr. Rayner's kind of next step after he's leaving Lifeway, starting this network of revitalization resources uh, for churches. And he has partnered with the North American Mission Board to provide some resources to non-South states uh, at a discount. And uh, the North American Mission Board will be helping these non-South states with uh, resources that help churches move toward revitalization. 
and uh, it's good to see that. I've been involved in that, obviously, uh, with Dr. Rayner, and uh, this is some exciting news, Amy, just to be able to help churches uh, that, that don't have a lot from the state conventions, state conventions outside of the South, very small staffs, very small budgets, and to be able to get them quality resources uh, thanks to North American Mission Board, uh, it's, a, it's a big thing for those churches. Yeah, this is uh, this is really excellent, and and I think we've been seeing a bigger move to focusing on revitalization in uh, the last several years, and so this is a very natural outgrowth of that. Uh, but I know that's an exciting uh, exciting announcement uh, in your world and for Nam. Yes, it is. All right, over to Missouri. We got a tip on this story a couple of weeks ago from Malachi O'Brien, who I know listens to the pod, and uh, we we. Saw the story online, and it's been all over the news and uh, made it into Baptist Press this week. Amy, tell us what happened uh, to little Xavier Cunningham over in Missouri. This was stunning. This is a 10-year-old boy uh, was climbing into a treehouse, encountered a wasp nest, and he tried to swat it away. He lost his balance and fell uh, to the ground. And I don't even know how to describe all of this. I think maybe it's, it's getting a little more difficult for me to explain it. So we'll put the link in the show notes for people to read it. It's just hard for me to say. But he, it was an impaling uh, oh. injury. Yeah. Yeah. Meets oh, your head. Yeah. It's just, I can't. I can't just, describe it. Um, just go read the story. Look at the pictures. Oh. There. Well, no, no, no. The picture is an x-ray. It's not. Yes, it is. Uh, but yeah. we saw, but we had a picture sent to us, though, that was not the x-ray. And, right. Uh, oh. That's, yeah. Oh, it just crushed me for the the. But he's okay. Boy. He's okay he is. though. It's incredible. It's incredible. It missed every like major you know thing that could have really could have killed him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It spared all of it. it. Spared his eye, his brain, spinal cord, major arteries, everything. And they removed it. They waited. It's so such a sweet thing. It says he woke, kept waking up, asking, "Am I dead? Am I still alive?" Um, and they were able to remove it, it without any additional damage. And he's going to make full recovery. Uh, it's just, it's just incredible. Uh, the neurosurgeon said it was one in a million for it to pass uh, the way it did and not hit any major organs. So it really, so you're saying it there's was, a chance. Yeah, it really was a miracle. Um, so this is really just a phenomenal story. Um, very exciting. He and his family are from the church at Pleasant Ridge in Harrisonville, Missouri, and have been a great witness uh, to uh, the gospel um, in that. They had a, a miracle Sunday service at the church. They had gospel presentation testimonies uh, by his family, at least Two dozen people prayed for the miracle of a loved one's salvation. Uh, just a just a really incredible, incredible story, uh, and worth uh, worth reading. All right. Well, moving over to Georgia, uh, another local church story, and and one that I think a lot of people had questions about whenever we saw the news earlier in September that Johnny Hunt would be moving. Oh wait, no, that was in that was in August. Uh, last month in August, whenever we saw that Johnny Hunt would be moving to NAM pending trustee approval as the vice president of evangelism and leadership, and they have named Jeremy Morton as the successor and co-pastor uh, to serve alongside Johnny Hunt 
during the transition and to eventually, you know, take over as senior pastor of First Baptist Woodstock. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Pastor Morton has been at First Baptist Cartersville for five years, uh, spent 13 years before that at Cross Point Baptist Church in Perry. Um, he's a graduate of Bruton Parker and New Orleans Seminary. He's working on a DMIN degree in expository preaching at Southwestern. So um, very exciting news for Woodstock. And uh, they will serve, you know, a, kind of a transitional time uh, as co-pastors. And then uh, Jeremy Morton will take over. Yeah, and he's my age, Amy. He's 37. Going to be leading Woodstock soon. So That's incredible. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not. That's not my age. I'm a little older than nope. that. Yes, you are. But I, I'm just trying to imagine leading a church that size. Go, Jeremy Morton. Uh, that that is quite outstanding. Yeah, so really, really fantastic. Exciting time for him. Wish him all the best. Uh, maybe have to try to get him on the podcast. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, we we definitely should hear more about that. And ta- talking about his age, he's 37, taking over at First Baptist Woodstock. Um, but Johnny Hunt arrived at First Baptist Woodstock in 1986, and he is currently 66 years old. So that means that when he got to First Baptist Woodstock, he was 34. Yeah. Is that, do I have my math right? I think do. I do. You know, I'm not you, strong at that. They said there but, would be no math, but you did the math correctly there. But today, but, but also, I also, it, it, yes. it was a church of 200, not a church right. of 6,000. That's true. So a little That's different. true. Grown to more than 6,000. But still. This is uh th- this is a great uh yeah, great a, a great thing this for Woodstock. Awesome. Yes, yep. absolutely. So I, I know a couple of people that are members there, and they are excited to uh, to get to know Jeremy Morton. And uh, you know they're, they're sad that uh, that Johnny Hunt's leaving, but at the same time, you know they're they're excited for the next chapter of uh, First Baptist Woodstock. And I'm sure that Johnny won't be too far removed uh, from the ministries at First Baptist Woodstock. So I uh, wish them all the best in the transition. And that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history, Amy. Blow our minds. We're going to go to 1960. And this is just a little kind of history tidbit that I caught. It's not a really lengthy story, uh, but I saw it in Baptist Press. And uh, if you go to this uh, September 25th, 1960 issue, uh, it's the last story. And it says United Nations OK's Convention Observers. And it was reporting that the UN would accredit two Southern Baptist leaders for sessions going on that they would be among what are called non-governmental organization observers. Um, it's It was Foy Valentine. Uh, so he was the executive secretary of the convention's Christian Life Commission. So he would have been kind of the forerunner to um, Russell Moore, uh, a, a few before him, but that, that position. And Gaynor Bryan from Baltimore, editor of the Maryland Baptist. So very interesting. It's basically um, head of the Christian Life Commission and then editor of a a state paper. Um, So Foy Valentine was the main observer and Gaynor Bryan, the alternate observer. Um, The Christian Life Commission elected them. And it was in accordance with convention instructions that it designate observers to United Nations sessions. So they had been approved, um, said they planned to attend the session during the weeks ahead, and they would report back their observations uh, to Southern Baptists and their impressions of what happens in the UN General Assembly, Security Council, um, and other bodies, which was fascinating to me because... I mean, there's been a lot of news this week. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but one, but one was that, uh, that, uh, there were some big meetings going on, uh, the UN General Assembly, including a, a presentation by, um, our, our president. 
And uh, so it kind of, this caught my attention. I had no idea that we had had observers in, um, that we had had observers in the United Nations. You know what this and means, What? You absolutely know what this means. That I want to be an observer at the United Nations. Of course that's what it means. And, and as I think we have the power to nominate or like to elect fraternal messengers to things. So we need to talk to J.D. Greer and get him to make you the Southern Baptist Observer for the United Nations. Seriously, do you know how much I would love to go be an observer at the United Nations? That I, would be I know. incredible. I know. Do we have, here's what I want to know. Do we currently have observers to the UN? I don't like, know did that this, question. Did this kind of phase out? Did they have to go through an approval process with the UN? Do people now? I don't know. These are things that I'm not aware thing. of. We should check into yeah. this. Um, if if we do have convention observers and there's an opening, I will be happy to submit as my tribute. application. Yeah. I volunteer as tribute. I'll go. I'll take notes. I'll do all kinds of and report back here things. on the podcast. We might be able to get a press credential. No, nah, I doubt it. They probably would. I feel like our, I feel like this is not a large enough outfit for that. But yeah. you never know. You don't. What's the worst they can do? Say no. That's all. That's right. I mean that that's the worst that could happen. Well, that and they could laugh at us, but you know, I doubt they do that. They there's some decorum there at the UN, I would think. They would just say no, yes. thank you. But yeah, we should check into this. Amy Whitfield, Southern Baptist Observer to the United Nations. I can see the business card now. Yeah, so uh, it's very fascinating. Um, so even if it was just for a season, don't know that it was continuing on, but. We did have observers at the United Nations, and it all started this week in SBC history. All right. Very neat. That is so cool. I didn't, I did, I mean, like, like you said, it's just a little bitty thing that's buried at the bottom of a BP article that we would never have seen had it not been for uh, your crack research here on SBC this week. Thank you. All right. So that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is. My resource of the week is a new product that you have uh, filled me in on. Yeah, I'm at, raving about uh, it. Yes, that Lifeway uh, is launching. It's a new collection called Everyday Hospitality. I believe you've used the term potluckware. Yeah, hashtag potluckware. Yes. Um, and you, so you sent me the, the catalog. It was a, a, a digital catalog for this. I love this stuff. This is really this Doesn't is really nice? great. Yeah, this is all yeah. like Faith Watley. I know you love Faith Watley. Yeah. And like she's she's been like running point on this and it is fantastic. I mean it's yeah, it's I mean, it's potluck, it's like your eight eight by eight, you know, baking dish, a nine thirteen right. baking dish. It's got uh, the eight inch plates as well. It's got coffee mugs, uh, it's got tea towels and it's also um some paper placemats with everything. Store, so yeah, and then also some storage containers, uh, plastic storage containers, thing you know, Tupperware type stuff or whatever. Yeah. So, All and the cool thing is, here's the cool thing, Amy, you can go buy and get a free ceramic bowl next week at Lifeway. You know, I'm gonna be in Nashville next week. Okay. Uh, for a, a conference that I well, we've been talking about coming fall. down to the Franklin one and seeing all the new stuff. Yes, yeah, so I would like to check out the the store in Franklin as it's kind of uh, doing some new things. So I'm going to check that out. Um, will this be there? It should be. It should be. Okay. I think anytime between the third and the sixth, there's a little coupon, and I can send you the coupon, Amy. But uh, you okay. can sign up. You need to be on the Lifeway mailing list or, or find it anywhere, uh, and it may be even a mailer. I'm sure we're doing a mailer on this because it's a big launch, 
and the, the with the uh, catalog as well. But if you come in between the third and the sixth with the coupon, you can get a free little ceramic bowl uh, that's part oh, of the set I'm there. I'm in. I'm in. I want this coupon. Also, While since I made last, this my... No purchase necessary. Yada, yes. yada, yada. Since I made this my resource of the week, if there's any openings for any other free items from this line, um, I will take them. Take that up with Faith Watley. All right. You do that. All right. My resource of the week is actually an editorial uh, written by Jules Woodson. Uh, you may have remembered her, that name from uh, the Andy Savage story from a High Point over in Memphis earlier this year that we covered here on the podcast. Uh, Jules has an editorial in RNS uh, this week about why women don't report sexual abuse. And uh, in, in light of everything that's been going on with the Supreme Court hearings and everything, I just thought it was a, a good resource to point to and, and just for some you know, firsthand accounts uh, of why women don't report sexual abuse. And that's something we've talked a lot about on the podcast here. Uh, the spring, summer, and fall here in 2018, it's been kind of a running theme throughout the, uh, the year here in 2018. So uh, just a, a good little article over there, and I think people should check it out. Very interesting. Well, I haven't read it yet, so I appreciate you sharing that. I will definitely check it out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. I know you're coming to town next week, Amy. And uh, I have got a big conference that you come to every year, you and your friend Beth. Um, yes. So uh, maybe we'll get to see each other next week, maybe not. So uh, if not, at least swing by the Lifeway store. And everybody, if you're listening, check out the, the new Lifeway store uh, near you. We've d had some different things going on in the stores. And check out the new potluck wear. Uh, trademark Jonathan Howe on that. Um, but it, it really, really does look good, though. Yes, very exciting. And so we'll have that in the show notes so you can click the link um, and share that with friends, everything, so you can see the digital version of that catalog. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>